Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. Thank you for joining us this Saturday. Today's Mackinac message has been taken from the 2018 camp, Make Yourself a Saviour of Men, preached to shepherds in Italy. God desires that all men be saved, which is why he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Today, Bishop Dag will encourage you to get involved in the vital work of fulfilling the Great Commission. Jesus' last words to us as his church was that we go out into all the world and strive to make disciples of all men. After today's message, I believe that you will heed the call.
us for all time. What about mothers? He saved you and he saved me. What are we doing for others? Do you believe in dreams, the Holy Spirit's dreams? Sad 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for making today possible as we come before your holy word in this time. We ask that you guide us and bless us with your mighty spirit speaking, revealing to us your beautiful will. We are grateful, dear Lord. For this great opportunity Lead us By your angel By your spirit By your light Into your perfect will We thank you in Jesus name Amen God bless you You may be seated Wonderful You are all welcome to the first session of our Amatan Bible Seminar. Um, I used to attend Winter Bible Seminar. <laughs> Kenneth Higgins Winter Bible Seminar. So I felt, why not have a Hamatan Bible Seminar? <laughs> Some of you have not yet learned and believe in the art of copying and following. But it works for some of us. The more we copy things, the more things work. I pray for you to be humble to learn that. Amen. Well, in this time, I hope that your hearts will be ready to receive the message and the messages that we have. The theme for our seminar is make yourselves saviors of men. 
make yourself saviors of men. Now, these words are the words of William Booth. Have you heard of William Booth? William Booth was the founder of the um, the Salvation Army ministry. And he was encouraging his followers and he told them make yourselves saviors of men. Alright? So that is the theme. Make yourself saviors of men. Now, another way you can put it is um Obey the Great Commission. The Great Commission. The Great Commission is um, what we all know in the Bible as what Jesus taught us. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. You can find that in Matthew 28 and verse 19. Uh, Let's read from verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All right? All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. All right? And uh, the next verse, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever uh, I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. Now, These are last words, last, last words of Jesus. And last words are usually feared words. Words that are respected by um, whoever hears them. I remember one of our pastors died and when he died, I think he came from a royal family or I don't know, something special. He was from somewhere special. And um, as soon as he died, they came for the body and took him away to the special 
place that they have for that family. And um, they were going to bury him at a special place also. So everything was special. (laughs) So, his son happened to be with him either the day he died or the day before he died. And in his weak voice, he said, when I die, his voice was trembling. He said, when I die, my body should be put in the lighthouse uh, hospital mortuary because we have, a, we have an executive mortuary. Nicer than all the mortuaries in Accra. Oh, yes. It's very executive. Nobody will see when you are there. <laughs> if you go to the public place, a lot of people will see you that shouldn't see you. So, and then he said, my body should be given to Bishop Ewart Mills. And whatever they decide should be done. But his voice was trembling. My body should be given to Bishop. When the son took the tape to the people and played it to those special people, I don't know exactly what they were, but they were special. Royal, whatever. When they heard the words, they said, come for. They feared. Because last words are fearful words. And last words, if you know what is good for you, you have to respect them. Are you listening to me? So, Jesus Christ had his last words. And these words were, Go ye, therefore, into all nations and teach my word and baptize people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Now, if you've been in the church for some time, you know, you, you, will, you will see a lot of needs. You know, there are a lot of problems and a lot of things that we need. We need money, especially. We need cars. We need transport. We need jobs. We need food. We need to travel. We need visas. We need tickets. We need school fees. We need university fees. We need admission. We need to be pregnant. We need to give birth. 
We have so many things that we need. Huh? Yes. These are needs. And when you are a pastor and you care for people, when you stand in front of the people and you see the people with their needs, I tell you, if you don't take care, which a lot of people haven't taken care, <laughs> you, will, you will put aside this great commission and try to solve the great needs that you can see with your eyes. That these are, these are problems that are really pinching people. Real issues. You get it? It's not made up issues. Real things that are worrying people. And this thing about going into the world and preach the gospel, it looks almost theoretical and ethereal. You get it? Something that even you wonder whether it is necessary. So, if you don't take care, you will never obey the Great Commission. You will not do it. Now, instead of obeying the Great Commission, you may not obey the Great Commission and you do something else. You have another commission. Now, what's going to happen is what happens in Matthew 28 and verse 20. He said, teaching them to observe all things, whatever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. Which means the presence of God will be with you when you keep the great commission and you do his work and you preach the gospel. Now, when you do not preach the gospel and you do not fulfill the great commission, no matter how uh, clever your message is, he says, Lo, I am with you. So then you see that you lose his presence with you. You lose his presence. Yes, you lose his presence. Lo, I am with you. Even to the end of the world. How many want to lose his presence? Now, many churches have lost the presence of God. Yes. Many churches have lost the presence of God. This morning, I was in my house and then I had um, I don't know whether it was a church or music. I don't think it was a church. What, what day is today? Tuesday. I don't think it was a church. But I had hymns being sung 
I don't know if it's a radio, but it sounded like a church service. We were singing. And immediately, I felt or thought of a funeral. I thought of a funeral. Do you see? Then when I came to where my wife was, she was also singing a hymn. So I told her that, look, these hymns, they are almost negative to me because I grew up with um, fake Christianity embellished with hymns. I, I never knew Christ. We were singing hymns all the time. I didn't know Jesus. And I was in it like that. On my way to hell. And the main time that we heard these hymns were when there was a funeral. So as soon as you, you start singing to the hymns, I think of a funeral and an, a certain type of church with a funeral. Which is not a good thing. Because Jesus sang hymns. The Bible says they sang hymns. And Paul said we should speak to one another in psalms, spiritual songs and hymns. So hymns are good things. But that thing was associated with a Christianity that had no Christ. So it's almost like, you know, you form a song. You know that then sometimes there are some songs when you hear it reminds you of something. Yes. If, for instance, somebody dies and you like some music, don't play music around that time. Somebody dear to you because you will like that music after. Uh, when that music is played to remind you of that time. So you should put away that one till later. Lest you associate the pain of that experience with that particular music. Yes. As some of you, when you hear certain songs, it reminds you of some relationships you had. Yes. Certain old days. But it depends. And I'm saying that those hymns had that have that unfortunate effect on me. I had a friend, one of my friends from Commonwealth Hall, when he first came to the church when we were singing praises, he cannot sing because he sang a profane version of it. When he was so, when the song comes, he cannot say, No, 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 the words that are in my head are too, are too wild. So he never sang the praises. Now, when you preach the gospel, you guarantee yourself that the presence of God is there. And where the presence of God is, how do we know that the presence of God is there? Well, you can't say one particular thing. The presence of God is like the presence of a person. So the things that come with the person, most of all, an aura or a feeling that the person is around. You will not know these things till somebody dies. If somebody dies, you understand what I'm talking about. 
So that's the first one. It's like there's an aura and that the person is there. Is around. Then the second is the person's voice. If you are alive and you are in your house, when you speak, the people will hear. The people you shout, Kofi, Kwame, they get, they, you get your voice. The third is the one that may or may not be there, but is also commonly there, is the gifts that the person ha- or the things the person has can do. If your father is dead, the school fees, the money, the whatever that he would have given, unfortunately, it is not going to be coming because he is not there. So when the Holy Spirit or God's Spirit is present, then a lot of the things that are his gifts, like his wisdom, his word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, the healings, working of miracles, which is dunamis, working of power, just power. Working of miracles is not healing, it's power. The word, you can check it. The word miracle is power, dunamis. So just power things is, is, a, is a manifestation. Just power, working of power, working of dunamis. So power feelings. Benihin is very famous for that. Working of power. Working out of power. And then uh, speaking in tongues. In, in America today, many charismatic churches, they do not have speaking in tongues in the church. It's not, it's, they don't speak in, in tongues in the church. Charismatic, the modern Christian churches is, is, is something that told it, 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 it will not let you can pray at home they believe in praying in town but not in the church service I know somebody who just come from a conference where they had all the American pastors and so on they, they discuss and so they, they don't have that and so on amazing so when a person's presence is no more they said lo I am with you and then his provision what he provides, his money, provision, his gifts. Yeah. If somebody powerful is around, he may give you a gift, he may give you a car. He may even give you money. He may give you other valuable things. He may take you somewhere. All those things go with the presence. All those things go away when we don't preach the gospel. All those things go. That is why the, the largest group of beggars are the church. Begging for money always. Yeah. The largest group of beggars is the church. Begging for money always. Needing money always. Never having money. So, the church must be careful with the last words of Jesus Christ because it goes with the promise of his presence. Amen. Now, 
Turn with me to Galatians chapter 1. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul doesn't take long to start going deep. Verse 6, he said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. He says, I'm, 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 I'm surprised that it has been so fast eh? that you are so soon removed from him who called you into the grace of Christ and to another gospel. Now, what is another gospel? <laughs> Let's look at verse 7. Which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of, of Christ. So again, you see, he says that an alternative message has been brought in. And today, the alternative message is have a good life, a good time, prosper, be happy. God is going to bless you no matter who you are and no matter what you do. Come and take it now. Receive your blessings. Mm-hmm. We are good at it. Yes. And here we go into another gospel, the gospel of happiness, the gospel of a good life, the gospel of security, the gospel of osmosis. Do you know what is osmosis? What is osmosis? Molecules moving from a region of no high concentration, low concentration to high concentration through a semi permeable membrane. Low to high, isn't it? High solvent, but low. Concentrate. High concentration to low concentration is diffusion. You knew it. So, we sort of feel that just as particles just move. And you see, we are low concentration in the world. The world is out with high concentration. And it's like 
salvation is going to move from a few of us to where there are many. That's osmosis. Yes. But you see, it, it does not happen that way. Another gospel of whatever that is not the gospel. And it's a perversion of the gospel. So the gospel is the gospel. God so loved the world. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1. I want you to see the gospel. Paul just summarized it a bit, a bit there. I like it. Moreover, moreover, brethren, I declare the gospel that I preach to you. I declare the gospel that I preach to you, which you have received, wherein you stand. Okay? The next verse. By which you are also saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. So you have to keep it in your memory. It's one of the few verses in the Bible where the word memory is used. Memory. Keep in memory. Okay? This is, uh, Paul is just summarizing what he preaches. Verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. Yes. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Verse 4. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. This is what I, I preached and what I came to preach to you. Verse 5. And that he was seen of Cephas and then of the twelve. He rose from the dead and he was seen of all these people. The next one, verse 6. Yeah. And that after that he was seen by 500 people uh, at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present day. But some have fallen asleep. So, it's a summary. Let's go back to verse 1. Let's go back to verse 1. It says, my brethren, I declare to you the gospel that I preached. So when we say the gospel, we have to know what we are talking about. What's the gospel we are talking about? Which you also heard, wherein I stand. Verse 2. By which you are also saved. Is it how you got saved? That's what I was talking about. If you can keep in memory what I preached to you. And if you can kindly remember what I preached to you. Unless you believe in vain. Verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all, that which I also received, which is, I, I told you what I first received, that Christ died for our sins. So that's Jesus Christ came to this world, died for our sins, according to the scripture, verse 4, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, verse 5, and he was seen by Peter, and then of the twelve, and then the rest of us. That's all. That's the gospel. So, he says, I heard some people have another gospel. A gospel of economic empowerment. A gospel of marketplace economics. A gospel of um, vocational enhancement. Yes. And all these so-called empowerment things, you know, plus motivational speaking and speeches, none of these are the gospel that we are talking about. And when you don't preach the gospel, 
For whatever reason, there are many reasons why. You lose the presence of God. And if you are sensitive, I gave you three things. Just the aura. You go to a house and the person is, is he around? He's around. You sort of feel that he's around even though you don't see him. Is the man there? He's there. Oh, okay. His car is there, so he's around. Number two, his voice. Hey, who is that? Who is, who is outside? Yes, daddy. And number three, his gifts or his provisions, the things that he has. You get it? All these show that the person is around. Yes. When you are far from him, these things are not there. His voice, he doesn't speak. The, the presence of God is not sensed and felt. And then the gifts of God, the power of God, the provisions of God are absent. Because yeah, he's not around. That's why you see children of a man who was rich, when the man is gone, they, they struggle. Because the presence of the person is not there. So that makes them struggle. That is why when we go for a funeral of someone who had small children, people are mostly thinking about the children because of the gifts and provisions that the man would have helped the children with to grow up. Immature people are not so much thinking of the wife who may have been quarreling anyway before things ended. (laughs) Are you listening to me? Yes. So, this presence is something we cannot lose. Now, back to Galatians chapter 1. He said, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. That very soon, like this, you have moved away to another gospel. In verse 7, I'm surprised. And there are some people who want to change the gospel of Jesus Christ. And again, I told you, when you stand in front of people and you are a genuine pastor, you will feel the need to talk about what the problems are. Verse 8. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, whether it's empowerment, whether it's motivational, whether it is success gospel, whether it's money gospel, whether it is happiness, good life gospel, whether it's no heaven, no hell gospel, let that person, I didn't write the Bible, be accursed. This is actually something missing from my book on how to neutralize curses, which is the curse of Paul. It's the curse on those who shift from the gospel. It's the curse of Paul. If anyone, anybody, who comes to preach a different gospel, let him be a curse. So there is a curse. It's missing from my book. The curse of Paul. For those who change the gospel 
of Jesus Christ into gospel of doing well in life and human positivity. Prosperity and all these other things. We dominate preaching today. Let him be accursed. Verse 9. Now, as we said before, so I say again, I want to repeat it so that you know by the word of two or more it's established. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. Is it the same verse as verse 8? Look at verse 8. Verse 8 is cursed. And verse 9 also cursed. The curse of Paul. Yes. So, it's a wazabanga. <laughs> Alright? So, the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can understand why people are not prospering. Yes. Why people are not becoming millionaires. And why people are not able to do what they thought they could do with life. And it is because the gospel set aside. You get it? Is to bring yourself out of the presence of God. Into straight into the open jaws of a curse. Now, curses are simple things. Frustrations. Defeat. Sickness. Disease. Unhappiness. Lack. Especially in the midst of plenty. When I say lack in the midst of plenty like there is plenty of everything that we still don't have that's, that's what I mean by the curse yes they are, they are simple frustrations amazing frustrations so brothers and sisters you don't have to look far to find a curse <laughs> you don't have to look far Huh? All around, we can see the needs, the frustrations. Do you know Ghana is covered with gold and oil? We could, we could also be called the oil coast or the gold coast or any of these names will be true. Yes. The oil they found is more than all the one that they found already that we said we found oil. They found more. And there, there is oil in Wipe, Tamale, the Volta Lake, the north, all over. We are covered. <laughs> and yet we have now a bishop. Yeah. Now, that is what we mean 
when you say something is a lot, but when you are in it, you don't eat it. Yes. So, for me, I think it is important that we keep on preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think that it's very important. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think that, you know, if you ask me naturally what the people need, I won't preach gospel. No, I have so many things, especially marriage. I can have a lot of new, have a lot of new, new teachings and new ideas about marriage. Yes. Yes. That can reduce the divorce rate. Right now, half of all adult Christians are, Christian adults are divorced. Well, not in Ghana, I think, but across the world, even in Ghana, it's half. The same as the world. But among Jews, it's 10%. Yes. Among Jews, it's 10%. There's a secret. I will tell you, but these are not the topic that I, I want to share the secret. Yeah. <laughs> Among Jews, it's just 10%. Yeah. Amazing. I'm sure you would like to know what the secret is. <laughs> It's a need we have. Amen. So, I want us to beware of what it means to preach the gospel. Now, one of the ways you can preach, make sure that you preach the gospel is by not becoming a preacher of anything else. Especially what is the big bulk of what you preach. You see, when we say what you preach, it's like, what's the main theme of what is being preached? That's what you, that's what you are preaching. So, the main thing for many people, the main thing, like the, 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 the big part is something else apart from the word of God. It's all the things we need forms a large part of our message. And I'm saying to you that one of the ways to ensure that you don't swerve off is to make sure that you are preaching 70%, 80% of these main things. Prosperity, happiness, marriage, good children, all that. It's a small percentage of it. Now, when I got saved, you know, I went to a school, a church school, but I wasn't saved in the school. So, I went to uh, church hospitals, church schools. None of them gave me salvation. One of the denominations in the country, very good schools, very good hospitals. I mean, thank God for the the blessing they have been to the nation. So when I got saved, I was hurt. I was offended with those churches because I never found Christ. I found education and I found hospital. 
but I didn't find Jesus. So, I realized that the church had become 70 to 80% an NGO or a humanitarian organization. It's another gospel. And the presence of God is told, and I was a sinner on my way to hell. And you would think that many of these denominations have changed their ways, but they have not changed their ways. If you attend the funeral there, you see that it's the same thing as it was. Because I recently attended the funeral, I was shocked that I thought they have stopped all these things. But I tell you, we need the presence of God and the power of God and the help of God. And we don't need any extra cases apart from the ones that are already in the system. So let it be that the mainstay of all that we are doing becomes the gospel. Jesus Christ, he is crucified. He died for people. People must know the Lord. People must change. Religion is not the same as Christianity. You must be born again. That's how you got saved. And that's how people get saved. And that's the kind of message people need to hear so that they get saved. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how I got saved. Through scripture union. Yes. That message will keep us, I tell you. And it will keep his presence with us. It will keep the blessing of God with us. It will save us from the curse that is roaming all over the place, I tell you. So, I want us to make, follow what William Booth said. Today, if you see the Salvation Army, you hardly hear of Christ being preached. They are a blessing in terms of clothes, humanitarian work, and so on. And you you see that it, it loses its relevance. Yes. It loses its relevance. I mean, it's something else has taken over. There's death. And there's a curse. And he says, Lord, I'll be with you. And he's not there anymore. You cannot replace the message. You see, Jesus died on the cross. Look. If Jesus died on one of the hills here in Mampong, right how will the people in america know it's only those who study a Ghanaian history will know that a man called jesus christ died on a hill here in mampong so are you saying that only history students and those history students who study jewish history like josephus who was born just about four or five years after christ died he was now born who wrote the history of the Jews. Such few people who study Jewish history would know about Jesus dying on the cross. Few people will ever know. So if you don't have propagators and repeaters of the same story to repeat this story over and over and over and over again, this message and this salvation will not go to anywhere. It will just be ending where Jesus died. And Jesus cannot go himself to teach to preach about himself yes he cannot go he cannot go it's a historical fact that he died on the cross it's only left for history students and the history 
you know, my daughter is doing history. So they, I, I said, which history are you doing? They have this history, history of Europe, history of this, history of that, history of Ghana, history of Africa, history of, and even the history. They have Cold War before the Cold War. Then they have 17th century. I mean, there's so many compartments of history. So if now you Jewish history, you have to even start from which part of Jewish history? Very few historians are here today. How many historians? Raise your hand. Art students. This opportunity to raise your hand and be counted. They they just did history. Ah. History. Those who did history are not raising their hands. You did history? What did history did you do? Pardon? You didn't do history. Okay. Oh. So all that he came to do and die on the cross is only history students who can and those who do Jewish history, and those who do the history from AD 1 to whatever, who can know? Huh. I mean, a, a, a man from a small religious with only 12 followers, who dies on a hill in a corner somewhere outside where they crucify criminals, crucified with thieves, and how will people know about it? There must be propagators and repeaters of this message. So you can see that before Jesus died on the cross, and after, his last words were, go, go into the world and tell people what has happened here. Yes, tell them, better tell them. Don't, don't, don't have any new fancy ideas. Tell them. Look, no matter your plans, no matter the ideas you have, there will never be anything greater than the gospel of Jesus Christ. I tell you though, I don't care how you want to be rich, how you want to prosper, what you plan to do. I'm telling you that, I mean, unless Jesus is not the son of God, unless he's not, unless he is not the son of God, Yes, if he is not the son of God, then I accept it. But if he is God and the son of God, then I tell you, it's a very serious thing for us to be quiet on this. Every one of you should be a crusader. Yes, you should be a crusader. A soul winner. Like William Booth said, make yourself saviors of men. Make yourself a savior of men. Yeah. I don't want pastors or bishops who cannot witness and preach the gospel and have people in your churches. On Sunday, I was preaching and I was asking who you got saved when I preached. Then they were standing up all over the place. Kweside. Yes, Reverend Kweside was stood up. He said, I, I preach. He gave his life to Christ. Yes, sharp. He was sitting right there. I have all of them. Yes. 
Huh? Yes. I can point to people. Who can you point to? Who can you point to? You say you are into, you are into the prophetic. What is more prophetic than heaven and hell? Something that is coming. Something that is in the destiny. Something that you can see. Many times I preach at the, at the crusade, I tell them that I am a prophet and that what I am saying will happen. That they should mark my words. That a day will come. They will die. They will see. That is either heaven or hell. Who, which one you see who is a prophet? You see who is a prophet? Yes. Are you still around? Beautiful. So I need you to make yourself saviors of men. As a church, UD, we must make the whole church a church that saves people. Listen to the first love messages, listen to the testimonies. Don't be deceived by people who make you feel that everybody is saved. But it's either you are in this group or in this group. It's not true. They are not saved. Many people are nominal Christian but are not, are not saved. Yes. Today, people who are called, who call themselves Christians and so on. Oh, you will not call them even believers. They are not born again. I mean, somebody who goes dancing in a nightclub, we would never, we always say the person is not saved. Or if you dance with unbeliever music, I mean, it's unheard of. Unheard of to have a wedding with unbeliever music. I hear, I hear a church, is it Church of Pentecost or so? They are banned at no more weddings with unbeliever music. I mean, I was even surprised that there's an opportunity to ban something like that. But it shows that the people are not Christians. A Christian will not bring a secular band to come and play at your wedding or come and serve beer at your wedding or serve beer at your outdooring. They are not Christians. They are not born again Christians. Oh, come on. The born again Christians don't serve alcohol in their houses. They don't have it. They don't even have it to serve. Huh? No, 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 no. Engagement, you are taking snaps, beer, this and that. From the where? Funeral, you are serving beer, you are serving alcohol. We don't serve beer at our Christian funerals. We don't serve beer. Even my father's funeral, I said, I don't have any, I don't have any money to buy beer. And I'm not serving any beer at my father's funeral. From the where? I should go and buy whiskey, this, this, that. I cannot buy it. All these people are not born again Christians, though. People who are into lodge and all these things. I mean, all these things, they are all considered as unbelief. They don't mention Christ. They say the great architect of whatever. They are not Christian Christianity as we know it. Come on. So I'm telling you, you people, stop fooling yourself. Oh, 
that Ghana is a Christian camp. People are, I mean, fornicating all over the place with whatever this and that. I mean, those are, they are not Christians. Yeah. Look, I don't know the name of the latest um, pop singers and so on. But you have Christians, they have all of them as part of that. To us, that's not Christianity. To us, it's not Christianity. And it's like, oh, go and see a prophet, give some money, go and give some money. That is not the Christianity that we know about. They actually need salvation. They actually need to be saved. They don't need to be told to bring an offering. They don't need to be told, bring money and we will pray for you so that you don't die in an accident. That's what we have reduced the gospel to. You bring money. When Ebony died, I read about it. They said, oh, somebody told her that he's going to die so they should bring, get some money and go and give to the prophet. That is not how, that is not Christianity. That's not how you get saved. That, it's a completely different thing from how we knew it. Go and give a mind to a prophet and then he'll pray for you and then the bad thing will not happen. That is not a Christian. Gospel is bow your knee to Jesus Christ, surrender all to God and give your life to Christ. One, one, one young man, he was hoping that his father was a believer. The father was uh, this everything, all the things yeah, saying doing this. So he went to see the pastor. So my pastor, my father was a Christian. The pastor told me, Your father was a wizard. He was not a Christian. He was not a Christian. He was a wizard. <laughs> yeah. The, the young man was shocked. He was shocked. He was expecting, Oh, we, he, he prayed. He used to do this. He was prayer, this and that. He said, No, he was a wizard. A, a master of the air. Yes. We are deceiving ourselves that people are saved though. Because of all this prophetic and have you motivational. Everybody is like either Christian or not another religion. No. You need repentance. Turning away from sin and coming to God. I hope I'm making myself clear. Yeah. So don't shift from the gospel because then you go to church. you know it used to it used to amaze me you go to a funeral you see everybody there people are sad the priest will come and the way he talks is with the assumption that everyone knows Christ that's how most of these sermons go it's like is there some sort of assumption so we all need to follow Christ and we are we all we are to continue in, in God and, and in times like this, he's, an, he's our anchor and so on. That's all. And it's like we are sitting there, we don't know Jesus, we are not challenged. You know, one day a, a brother came to me, he said, What? I said, What? What? He said, I can't believe. You can't believe what? He said, You did an altar call at a wedding. An altar call. I was looking, I said, I don't understand what he said. An altar call. At a wedding, an altar call. What? <laughs> what? I said altar call. I do altar call every wedding. Every single wedding I do altar call. 
For 30 years, I've been doing altar call at wedding. He said, I can't believe it. Congratulations. Look. We must come away from the perversions and the variations of the gospel by pastors. Yes, by pastors. Yes, by us who are pastors. Yes, because everything is controlled by the pastors. And I believe that God will bless us with his presence. Amen. Amen. Now, this gospel being the main thing, are you there? Is something that is found everywhere. Second Timothy chapter number four. This is Paul's last words. The last words of Paul. How do I know it's the last words of Paul? Because he had two books. And his second book has four chapters. And this is his last chapter. And how do I know his last words? As soon as he finished saying these words, he said, I'm ready to die. As soon as he said these words, he says, I'm, I'm now ready to die. I want to die now. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Verse 2. Preach! Preach the word. Do what? Preach the word. Yeah. Be instant. In season and out of season, preach, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Verse 3 For the time will come, they will not hear endure sound doctrine. But after their own ears, eh, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. All right. So they will heap up speakers and itching ears. You see, itch is where something is worrying you. That's where you want them to press. How many have been itching somewhere you wanted to touch that place? Yes. Somebody sent me once a gift. The gift was called a good son's back scratcher. 
for scratching the back. Yes, it's a special device for scratching the back given by a good son. Good son's back scratcher. <laughs> Where is itching? How to start that? Whether it's marriage, that is it. Husband, child, job, visa, the place. Preach about visas. Preach about visas. Business. Huh? Put it back. For the time they will come, they will not endure. Sound rock, but after their own lusts, they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. My wife taught me how to say ears. <laughs> she, should, she told me I was saying it the wrong way. So I've accepted it. So itching ears. <laughs> Verse 4. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. It's given a last word, oh. This is last word, oh. Paul's last word. This last minute word from Paul. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Bring your document and we bless it and you go and you get the you get the contract. Bring your document. <laughs> Every kind of preaching is existing today. Fables. This is last minute word though from Paul. Watch it. Verse 5. Watch thou in all things endure afflictions this is the last words from Paulo do the work of an evangelist do the work of an evangelist do the work of an evangelist yes you are a man of God that's it eh? this is the last word this is the Crooky voice. This is the last words. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Verse 6. It's okay. I want to die now. I, I don't have anything else to tell you. I'm ready to die. That's it. That's the last word of Paul. I'm ready to die now. As I've told you to do the work of an evangelist, I want to die. With his croaking voice, I'm ready to die now. Those who say you are prophets, you are into the prophetic. Apart from church, you have a personal prophet. Yes, you have two pastors, one as a whatever, and then a prophet to pray for you. Over your document. (laughs) Over your passport. (laughs) I'm ready to die. I've told you the most important thing I can ever tell you. I started by saying preach the word. All the time. 
and finally do the work of an evangelist. Charlie, I'm out of this world. See you guys later. This is the last and the best thing I can tell you. Charlie, you guys, you for fear last word too. Yes. Where are you going to get members for the churches? Where will you prosper? Those of us who want to do business. Let me tell you something. This is the best business. When you do this one, you see how God will say, okay, okay, let me help this guy a bit. Look, prosperity comes from God. If God doesn't prosper you, you will never see, you will never see the light of day. You bring document every day. You never see. <laughs> Paul was telling us, keep a sound doctrine. Hmm? Jude. Jude has 25 verses. This is the message of Jude. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. Verse 1. To them that are sanctified by God. Who wrote this letter? Jude. They are not sure who, whether it was written to Jude or written by Jude. <laughs> is the servant of Jesus Christ, brother of James. He's writing to the people that are sanctified. Okay? Let's also see what is his last kalo. 21. It has only 25 verses. Let's start from 21. Keep yourself in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of Jesus Christ. Hmm? Unto eternal life. Verse 22. I'm talking about the last words, last commission. It has only 25 verses. 22. Of some, have compassion, making a difference. Verse 23. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Pull people out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Last words of Jude. Verse 24. Now, it's finished. And to him that is able to keep you huh? from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Verse 25. To the only wise God be glory, majesty, dominion, power, both now and forever. Amen. 
amount. As soon as he said, save, look at verse 23. As soon as he said, others save them with fear. Pulling people out of the fire. Have compassion. Hate even the garments spotted by the flesh. As soon as he said that in verse 23. Then he said, verse 24, now. So when the person says, now. And to him, it's now the blessing finished. It's a prayer. That's the last word. Save with fear. People who don't know God. Yes. Salvation and the preaching of the gospel in a church, by a church, through a church, will always be the number one and anything that leads to it will be always number one, including your business and your education and everything. It, you see, there always has to be something at the, at the hidden thing. If you take the politicians, you see the hidden thing at the back of all they are doing is for elections. Yeah. So the, the, the decisions you can see, this one is to make you win an election. This one is to make, almost all the decisions you can see is colored by that. So that's why sometimes we look and you wonder whether they are in the same world. They are in the same world. But there is that hidden behind reason that governs all the things that they are doing. And that's why when you are, when you are not, whether it's this party or that party, you, are, you stand amazed at the things that they do. It, 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 it defies, it defies, it defies um, logic. Yes, if you are not in the river of the politics, you can't even, I mean, understand why on earth would people do this when it is so clear that this and this should be done. But it's because behind it all is something that is guiding. And I'm saying that behind it all for the church, do you see what I'm saying? Behind everything that we do, should be this overriding purpose of God that the gospel must be preached. It must be preached. That Jesus must be proclaimed. People must be saved. Jesus is the savior of the world. It must be at the back of everything that we are doing. Yes. And when it is there, you will see, yes, that your decisions will all change. Yes. If you want to be popular, you, you do certain things. There are some things that make you popular. There are right things to do. Look at the whole country has become a slum. Sodom and Gomorrah slum has reached up to Kwakwe last stop. Those of you who know Accra. Has it crossed the road? Yes. Cross up to Kolebu. Four. We, we, may, we may beat Kenya soon with the largest slum. They had the largest. We may soon have the largest. Everybody knows what is right. But if you do, it's not popular. So at the back of it all, we need to win in a short time. So don't do that. It's going to go against our heart's real aim. Our aim is not to care for you or to help or to do what is good. Our aim is to be here and perpetuate our presence. So, the overriding thing in your heart, it guides you. Yeah. That's why, that's why we are the way we are. So, when we change it, we need money. 
I need you to sow a seed in my life. Bring me cars. Bring me so that the cars you are sowing as seeds will be packed outside. That I'll preach in a way that everybody, every region will bring me a car. But I know you didn't bring me any car from any region. <laughs> Look, when this gospel is clear in your heart and your mind, you see, then you are clear. You see, now the owner of a thousand hills and the cattle on a thousand hills is now your friend. And he's now going to send into your hand what you could never imagine you would ever have. Yes. Yes. This is a gospel church. God forbid, but in some years to come, the people around could, because in 50 years from now, most of the people here will not be here. I'm sorry to, if it shocks you. Um, yes. Yes. Just 50 years. Huh? Who will be here? What will they be saying? What will they be talking about? It's scary even to think about it. And even 50 years, they are, you have all kinds of things. You, you wonder what will become of the whole church. And see that the church changes. Then God has to start all over again, raise a new young person. Say, my son, my son, I've sent you to the nations. These people, I send them, they have changed so much now. You can't even know what they are talking about when they preach. God forbid. But it's not just by saying God forbid him. It's by seeing that it's a tendency within us to stray. Thinking that what we need is money. Or what we need is influence. Or what we need is something else that will not come to us through the gospel. But I'm telling you, it's a gospel church. You cannot say that we are poor. When you come here, you cannot feel that we are poor. Yes. Gospel will bring you everything that you need. And beyond, you can't use it. You can't use what God will give you. It will be beyond what you need. Trust me. So the gospel, according to Jude, You see that his last words were, Charlie, save people. And that's what he says, make yourselves saviors of men. Make yourself saviors of men. Amen. Now, let's look at James. The James Commission. James has five chapters. And in James chapter one, he says, chapter one, verse one, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Do you want to know 
the last commission of James. Are you sure you really want to know? How many chapters? All we have to do is to go and check the last words. James chapter 5. What are his last words? In verse 17. It has only 20 verses. And it says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it should not rain. Thank God. And it didn't rain. It rained not on the earth like during Hamatan. By the space of three years and six months. Can you imagine Ghana without rain for three years and six months? I wonder what will happen in the country. Huh? Three years, no rain. It will not be easy in Ghana. With our rivers full of mercury. The rivers will be dry. Verse 18. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. It has only 20 verses. Verse 19. Brethren. If any of you do err from the truth and one convert him. The last commission. Let him know. This is the last thing I want you to know. That he which converted a sinner from the error of his ways shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Amen. I'm out of here. Bye-bye world. Bye-bye world. Bye-bye Christian world. Yes. Yeah. Let him know. This is the last, is that verse 21? (laughs) There's no 21. This is it. This is the last thing he had. I have nothing else to say about anything anymore. If you save a sinner, eh, you convert a sinner, you, sh- you have saved a soul from death, and you have hidden a multitude of sins. Whose sins? Your sins also. Ah, you don't know why soul winners are blessed. Eh? God, has, God cannot see their sins. Aha. You don't know why soul winners are blessed. God cannot see their mistakes. God cannot see their errors and their failures. Yeah. You, the soul winner, your sins are covered, and then the sinner too, his sins are also covered. Charlie, that's what the Bible says. You cover a multitude of sins. That's my last word. And that's Brother James. I have not. Jude was also. What was Jude's last word? Save them from fire. Pull them out of this world. And then now to him. And what was Paul's last word? Do the work of an evangelist. I'm out of this world. Bye bye. I'm ready to die now. Yes. What were Jesus' last words? Go to the world. Preach, 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 preach. 
I'm with you. Bye-bye. Last words of the last words of Jesus. Amazing. Peter's commission. <laughs> Are you ready for Peter's commission? Hmm. Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. Peter had two books and his two books, his second book has three chapters. So we have to go to the last chapter to see if he has anything to say last minute. What do you think? Huh? Yeah. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 1. This second epistle I now write unto you both in which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that you be mindful of the words which were spoken by the holy prophets and by the commandment of the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first that in the last days scoffers shall come walking after their own lusts and saying where is the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation for this they are willingly ignorant that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, all right, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Verse 7. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men but beloved be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day verse 9 there you see the commission that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. But is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Hallelujah. So, right there in this last chapter, you see Paul, Peter, saying that, look, God does not want anybody to perish. 
This is the heart of God. Then he, from there onwards, he goes on winding down and then he ends. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. Verse 11. Seeing then that all these shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, when the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and new earth wherein dwell righteousness wherefore beloved seeing that you look for such things be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless and account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation even as our brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him has written unto you. Amen. Amen. So you see Peter also emphasizing that the Lord is not willing that any should perish and that the long suffering of God is our salvation. That is salvation. So the patience of God is pure salvation. That's all. Not pure prosperity. Pure salvation. Pure salvation. So you see James, Peter, Jude, Paul, everybody at the end starts to emphasize salvation and the preaching of the last words of Jesus Christ, which were go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to say to you that Preaching about Jesus Christ has brought us this far. And preaching about Jesus Christ will take us all the way to the very end. And if there was ever a need to preach about Jesus Christ, it is now. When Billy Graham died, the world was more full of sinners than when he started preaching. It doesn't mean that he was not effective. But the truth is that the world is getting larger, more evil, and more corrupt. And more and more people are sinners and need to know the Lord. And so the original message of Jesus Christ and him crucified will never fade away. It will never reduce or diminish in its importance. It is the main message. And it must be the main motive in our hearts that if we can preach, if we can teach the word, if we can go to the ends of the world, then God will be with us. And when God is with us, you know, everything else works out. Turn to Genesis 39. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. Genesis 39 and verse number 1. Now Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, 
an officer of Pharaoh. He was brought down as a slave, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down hither. So now, bondage, difficulties begin for Joseph. He had never experienced such a thing before. Now, how many have been in difficulty before? Yes. Sometimes the beginning of difficulty is you don't even know what is coming. You think it's hard. But verse 2. Now the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. So when God is with you. You see when he says. Lo I am with you. Go and preach this gospel. Lo, I am with you. You don't know what it means. This is it. The Lord, Genesis 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. Prosperity is connected to the presence of God. Now look look at verse 3. And his master saw. You see, even his master saw that the Lord was with him. The master, the unbeliever master, he saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord had made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So prosperity is from the presence of God in your life. That's what I believe. So why should I give myself to seeking prosperity, but rather I should give myself to seeking the presence of God and whatever will let the presence of God be in my life. That's what I should do. And that's what you should do. Yes. I have prospered far more following God than trying to follow things. Far. Far. And I've watched people following things, following this, following that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. All the things that people are dying for, killing themselves for, fighting over, shall be added unto you. So today, I am sharing with you the great commission. I want the great commission, make yourselves saviors of men. It's just another nice way of saying the great commission. Make yourself saviors of men. To be the commission of everyone. Now, you see, it, it's amazing. You would think that a bishop would always have it as his main commission. Right? It's not true. There's nothing more far, far, far from the truth than that. A person can be a bishop of, he can be whatever. He, there is nothing about him that saves any, anybody. Yes. Yeah. A pastor can be reverend what not, but you, you see that he's far from making himself saviors of men. Yeah. Now, even amongst my bishops, I know some of them are more of saviors of men. Others are just preaching. Amongst the bishops, we have 77 bishops. So it's quite a number of them. I know some of them are more like 
if, if somebody falls into your, into your square, he, he will be saved. And some of them, they're just, they're just around. They're like, they like orthodox priests, you're just singing and just moving around. God forbid. Yeah. It's true. You know, one day I went to preach at uh, one of our take, um, programs on a campus. And there was a little young girl spoke to me after. She asked me, Daddy, are you okay? I said, I'm okay. She said, today when you were preaching, I wasn't afraid. I said, usually when we are preaching, that's why I become afraid. <laughs> I was surprised that she knows it because I wasn't myself that day. But she came and said, are you, are you, are you okay? She said, but usually when you're my heart beats. Yes. Many of you, you don't preach your heart, anybody's heart will beat. Nice guys. You know, it offends me because if I had died, I would have gone to hell and I was sitting in the church and they, want, they would not tell me about Jesus. I just assumed that I was a Christian. I just say, Hail Mary, say, Our Father, say this, say this and that. It, it hurt me. What about if you go, if you had gone to hell, you are, and I almost died, you know, in that period. Something happened, I almost died, I almost died in the, 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 the beach. I almost drowned. The, the, wave, the wave was from here to the top of this place. I was under the water. Yeah. And Jesus, Jesus saved me that day. Yes. It's like the Sea of Galilee. You, you think it's calm. Every year, so many people drown in the Sea of Galilee. Yes. Every year, so many people drown in the Sea of Galilee. You see, calm. At least five people every year. And sometimes more. Una le cam. No, Israelis, different people. Yeah. So my guy was, just went swimming. He just went from here to here. And he was, they were watching him and he, he died. And after that, they didn't see him again. And then there are some currents. Yes. I was in the water like that. I tell you, the, way, the water was up to here. When it says tsunami, was up like that and I was under I was under like that I swam and swam and swam until I was like and I've died going to hell screaming I've stopped before priest after priest sitting there just talking on, with assumption that you are saved and I wasn't saved I wasn't saved at all it offends me it hurts me that I see that type of Christianity where we are silent about salvation. Yes. Where we are not passionate about salvation. And where we are just coaxing people along and want people to be in the church. It, it offends me. Yeah. You know, I like real things. Yes. A lot of prayer meetings, the people have come to pray. You see a lot of churches full of prayer meetings. People want something from God. It's not that they, it's that they're coming to bind their, the landlord or they're coming to curse something or break something to get something out of God. So you see this type of 21 days fasting where people are coming. It's not really seeking God. Yes. Is it true or it's not true? Raise your hand if it's true. Yeah. If you don't keep rebuking yourself, 
you go far astray. Yes. And instead of being happy with certain people as church members, you say, these people are wizards. They are pure wizards. So, salvation must become the main thing. And I believe it will lead to prosperity. Yes. Yes. Prosperity is not the main thing. The main thing is Jesus. And salvation. The main thing is not business. It's not motivation. Motivational speaking. speaking. It's Christ. Yes. And then, Lord, I will be with you. I will bless you and I'll prosper you. So, all that we, we would say during these meetings from tomorrow and onwards, this, this is an opening night. All that we will say, needs, you need to have this one in your anchor. You need to anchor yourself. Even if I preach to, to you about leadership or anything, any topic or even finance, anything, you need to have this one in your heart. You need to, if you want, if, I'll tell you something. If you are in this church, you need to support Healing Jesus Crusade. No, no, more than other. There are many things to support. Let's say church building, buy a piano, buy speakers, uh, uh, orphanage, children's school, beggars, everything. Like salvation should be the priority of your life, then I think you are a real Christian. I'm, I'm not telling you not to support this, but I'm saying that like when you weigh your options, you get what I'm saying? Like your main thing should be salvation of people. Yes, salvation of people. Yes, not, not anything else. Let us focus on the main thing that God is giving to us. I know that God is going to bless us. He says, and the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord prospered him. Yes. So when, the, when God is with you, he will prosper you. Amen. I mean, are we, are we preaching? Are we, are, if we are poor, how can we be standing here? It's not possible. It's the opposite. Yeah. And we are still carrying on. So brothers and sisters, I want this one to lock your heart. Yes. Don't, don't be a businessman who's, a, who's not a soul winner. Okay, business. Any business you are doing, be a soul winner. Yes, be a soul winner. Did you hear me? Be a soul winner. Saviors of men. Make yourself a savior of men, businessman. Yeah. Make yourself a savior of men. Somebody, a student, savior, any work you do, anything you do, make yourself a winner, a, a savior of men. Pure salvation. And I'll tell you, when you can't lead somebody to Christ, it shows that there's something wrong with you. Yes. When somebody can't give birth, there's something wrong. Either days or days or days or days or that or something, but there's something wrong. We all know that. That's why you go to the hospital. You don't just go. You don't just not go. You go to the hospital. No, there's something is wrong. What is the wrong thing? And sometimes it's so mysterious to find, but there's something wrong. That's why we can't lead people to God. It's because there's something wrong. So everyone here must decide 
I am a soul winner. No matter what I'm doing, that is the priority of my life. And when is the priority of your life? Everything else will fall into place. Everything else will fall into place. God will answer your prayers. God will bless you. God will help you. God will remember you. God will deliver you. God will save you. God will give you long life. All the things you pray for, you stop praying for them. You'll just be praying for souls. and Praying for the work of God. And you see that the things will be added unto you. They will be coming and coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. In the mighty name of Jesus. Stand to your feet, everybody. Lift your hands and ask God to make you be a lasting soul winner for the rest of your life. 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 I want to be a soul winner. 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 A soul winning bishop. A soul winning businessman. A soul winning reverend minister. A soul winning pastor. A soul winner. 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 Rando Kabari Moshkiba Ami, Zibaba Kafalita Halita, Hab Kusiba Kafinibatu, Zibranita Rakabarita, Shibako Barima Hatifani, Lino Kabalimo Kafita, Zumlini Zibrakatumriki Hani, Ha Rakandu Zibrani, Rakataki Mohami, Zikuba Handita, Rumi Zibra Kafaya, make us so winners, Lord, Saviors of men, Lord, Rakabahani Katombalida, Masita Fani. Rakimahan Kubalita, Malis Kubranita Ka, Halita Kandi Bahani, Lika Kusita, Zibababa Rakaha, Liroso Rikifa, Riki Kobaha, Bito Kibani Zita, Zubra Kandi Kata, Lubra Nikobahati, Shkibahana Bati, Zibaku Zikabakiva, Frekutu, 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 Rikihabalitota, Limus Kibaha, Malis Sakita, Frakita, Frakita, Braku. Jesus, Jesus, 
everybody here that the grace for soul winning something that needs faith Lord because we can't see heaven we can't see hell but we can see your word I pray that the grace for soul winning and for making ourselves saviors of men will be on every person here. Lord, from now till we die. Not from now for just, you know, like a few weeks or this year. But Lord, from now till we die. 
let the grace of soul winning be on everyone. Receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. You may be seated. many of us here are soul winners already but it is important for me to preach what I'm preaching because a time will come people will not listen to sound preaching amen and it is important that we repeat this, the great commission over and over. So, no matter what else we do, we are doing that. And we are going to be doing that. Obadiah, verse 21. Obadiah, verse 21, says, Saviors shall come up on Mount Zion to judge Mount Esau. Alright? And the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Saviors shall come up. Now, most people quote Obadiah 17. Most people love Obadiah 17. (laughs) Which is, but upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Yes. Most people love Obadiah 17 because Obadiah 17 is on Mount Zion. We have come to Zion. You see. And in Mount Zion there shall be deliverance. So that we are be, we'll be delivered from the devil. And then there shall be holiness. Which means to be special before God. And then the house of Jacob shall possess cars, houses, and all these things. Their possessions. Shall possess their possessions. Okay. But after you have possessed your possessions, in chapter verse 17. Verse 18 says, The house of Jacob shall be a fire, Joseph a flame, Esau for stubble, he shall kindle them, devour. There shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken it. Verse 19, And the south shall possess the mount of Esau, and they of the plain of the Philistine, they shall possess the fields of Ephraim. A lot of things, possessions. Verse 20, And the captivity of this host of the children of Israel shall possess that of the Canaanites, and the captivity of Jerusalem, which is in Shepherd, shall possess the cities of the south. A lot of possessions. But then in verse 21, it says, And saviors shall come upon Mount Zion. So after possessing your possessions, you are supposed to become a savior of men. Amen. 
And they shall come to judge the mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Amen. Amen. So I release you as saviors of men. And I'm sending you as saviors of men. Yes. To do the work of a savior. What did he say? Some save with fear. Isn't it? Out of the fire. Save them. Pull them out of the fire. God is going to use us for that. Yes. Trust me. You know, when you have a pure heart and that pure motive is in you, you will see that it purifies everything you are doing and makes it go further. God can bless you. Amen. You know, you can be a doctor, but you just want money. So somebody who doesn't need an operation, you operate. You see, somebody who could have delivered normally, you do an operation. And so many things, you change all because it's money you want. So it changes what you are doing. You can be a lawyer, you only want money. You know that the person you are defending is a thief. You go and say, he's not a thief. I, my, your honor, I say he's not a thief. <laughs> and you collect money from the guy. Huh? But it's like, when your motive is pure, you get it? It purifies the work that you are doing. So I want your motive to be pure. Only one motive. To win souls, to do what he said. His last words, his last commission, his great words. Amen. And God will be with you in a very special way. Yes, he will bless you. Hallelujah. What you never thought you would see. You see it again and again and again. You know, when Kenneth Hagin had a winter Bible seminar, the first night always, he would, just start on Sunday, he would always preach something about hell or salvation. Yeah, I heard amazing stories when he preached on Sunday. He said a lot of people haven't come, so he's going to talk about whatever. That was always when he talked about salvation. He used to make a banner. He said, come and listen to the man who has been to hell and came back. Yeah. He said, he said to somebody, somebody said, he said, I don't need to read the Bible to know about hell. I, I was there. I went there. I came back. I don't need to read the Bible to know about hell. I, I, I know everything. I said, wailing, weeping, gnashing of teeth. I don't need to read the Bible to know about that. I was there. Yeah. I came back. Amen. It's amazing. So, when you do that, you will last. Yes, you'll be there later when others have vanished, you'll still be around. Amen. God will be using you. Amen. Because it's the only reason that we are, we, we are here. We are not looking for jobs. We are looking for Jesus. Hallelujah. So, Obadiah 21, please, check it out. Obadiah 21. Saviors shall come to Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.